Hey, welcome back to Time Limit. My guest and topic for this episode are very relevant, not only to how a lot of us are managing our work day to day, but also for the fact that this Saturday, June 20th, is World Productivity Day. So you obviously guessed that today's topic is productivity, and I was really thankful to have a productivity expert, Teresa Ward, on the show to interview. In her work as a productivity and process consultant, Teresa helps teams to find better ways to work together and individually. She's clearly educated on productivity as she drops a number of book recommendations in the interview. But what I like most about this interview is how we cut to some really specific personal tactics that any of us could take to be more productive. Check it out. Teresa Ward, thank you so much for joining me on Time Limit today. How are you? Brett, I'm good. I'm good. How's your morning going? My morning is going. We had some tech issues, obviously, between the two of us and uh, starting about 25 minutes late, completely my fault. But, you know, sometimes technology just doesn't care about your productivity. (laughs) And we just have to embrace that reality and move forward with whatever happens. So, yeah, we made it. Here we are. Exactly. And I'm excited to talk about productivity. Um, I think it's probably a topic that touches everyone at some point, right? Like even when we were chatting, you mentioned your productivity over the weekend, like it doesn't always have to do with work. Um, But I thought maybe we would kind of take it from the top, so to speak. And just I would love for you to answer the simple question. What is productivity? Or what does productivity mean to you? That's a trick question. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's... um... I think it should be simple, whatever the definition is for you. Um, But because I center my career around productivity, I feel like it's a constantly evolving answer, you know? And every time I read a book or, you know, listen to a great podcast, I'm constantly kind of tweaking and reshaping um, what it means for me. Uh, When you think about the traditional, Additional definition of productivity, like it's very factory oriented. You know, you think mm. about like this math- mathematical quantitative equation of like inputs and outputs. Um, but I think a lot of us have realized today that is not a relevant or motivating definition. Right. Like the root of the word productivity. Okay, so Brett, let me ask you, what is the healthy uh, fruit and vegetable section in the in the grocery store called produce the produce section so like the word productivity comes from this root of like bearing fruit you know and so that's how i try and think about it when mm. i get caught up in like efficiency and factory and task oriented mindset i kind of pause and it's like okay am i making something like beautiful and tasty and impactful for the world and that is how i define and measure my own productivity Okay. But cool. I always also ask other people when they ask me, well, what does a productivity consultant do? And what does productivity mean? And I'm like, well, what does it mean to you? Because I think it should be so personal. Yeah, I agree. It is personal. For me, it's about um, how I feel when I'm getting things done, right? Like, because my, my mood and timing and all of that absolutely impacts my productivity. Like, how much I'm actually getting done and and also the quality of what I'm getting done too. Yep, absolutely. I think it's way more qualitative than quantitative in the age of like, you know, knowledge workers, right? Instead of um, your more traditional like factory workers. Yes, 
Yes. Productivity relates to everyone at, at all times, I guess, um, it just in, in different ways based on what you're doing. One of the things that I feel people bring up all the time is like, there's a certain time of the day when you're most productive. You know, like you, you hear that all the time. And I guess when I think about it, I'm I'm typically most productive in the morning. Um how do you think, like, is that a worthwhile conversation? Should people kind of think about their days and schedule their work for when they're quote unquote most productive? Or is that, is that a myth? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's a myth. I, uh, if people who are listening are interested in diving really deep into that topic, there's a great book called When by Daniel Pink. And it's like the secrets of scientific timing, um, and he argues loosely that kind of every everyone should kind of be a morning person, even if you are, uh, if you consider yourself a night owl, right? Which a lot of my more like artistic and creative and musician friends are, they consider themselves night owls. There is this um, thing that happens whenever you wake up that you are more mentally and emotionally stable. And you are, you should be able to tackle whatever the hardest and most strategic thing is for you uh, first thing during the day. So that could be 8 a.m. for some of us. That could be 11 a.m. for some of us. Uh, there's also this really good Mark Twain quote where he talks about eating the frog. Have you ever heard that term? I have heard that. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you eat the frog first thing in the day, the rest of the day is going to feel really easy. So for those of us who are like chronic procrastinators, um, try and get in a routine or a, a self-discipline habit where you get the hardest, most strategic, most urgent and important thing done first thing in the morning. And then everything else in the day just feels so much better to go back to the emotional component you were talking about instead of yeah. that constant sense of dread in your belly of like, oh, I'll have to do that thing later. That makes sense. And I think that shifts too, right? I mean, especially right now, we're, we're in the middle of this pandemic. We're in basically like the third month of it, right? Going on four months. Um, a lot of people are being forced to work from home. Um, and I think that alone has people thinking about productivity. I don't know if they're thinking about it in a different way. I know that it has certainly affected my productivity as someone who works from home already. Um, you know, my kids are now at home with me. My wife is a chemist, so she works in a lab and goes into the lab every day. So it's me and my two girls. And my productivity has been affected just by the fact that they are here. You know, that's not to mention the fact that I'm helping with homework and making lunch in the middle of the day and answering questions and all of that stuff. Um, so I'm wondering just... Personally, for you, has your productivity been affected by the pandemic? Um, have you heard anything in the industry or otherwise in the media about productivity and, and how people are adjusting during this time? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like my maybe it's who I subscribe to and who I follow on my mm. social media feeds, but my feeds have been inundated with like how to be more productive at home and how to set up your office. And there's a lot of really good idealistic tips in there. But when mm -hmm. you have your um, s shorter co-workers or your fuzzy four-legged co-workers, right, who have just now become a part of your routine, it's not always ideal. So I think it's an exercise in like self-awareness is always where I tell people to start. 
Like mm-hmm. you, you don't always have this chance to look in the mirror and be like, huh, I'm a lot more introverted than I thought I was. <laughs> or, um, or if you are really, you know, alone and craving that social interaction with your coworkers, huh, I'm a lot more extroverted than I thought I was. Uh, and let that self-awareness kind of funnel your adjustments in your routine, you know, creating a lot more um, space and breaks or creating a lot more um, virtual happy hours if that's what you need. I'm, for me personally, I think it's been an opportunity to get in a better morning routine because I'm not rushing off to be somewhere for a client. Um, so it's a, a chance to really like take more time to journal, meditate, go for a walk instead of my usual, like, got to like blow dry my hair and put on real pants, uh, (laughs) (laughs) deal with Atlanta traffic. Um, so that's been nice, but also personally, it is a struggle for me. And it's part of the reason why I center my career around this topic, but I always default to busy feeling safe and (laughs) And so if I'm not busy during the day, uh, I tend to get nervous. So that's been a big thing for me during this time is, am I just filling up my day and filling up my calendar because I'm kind of afraid of stillness? So maybe there are some people listening who who (laughs) have that challenge too, but that's just something that I've been personally forced to look in the mirror at and and wrestle with during this time. Yeah. So do you think in some way that, busy equals productive in your brain somehow? Um, I think it used to. And I'm actually trying to evolve past that. There are, in the same way that there's like this spectrum of introvertedness and extrovertedness, there's a spectrum of task-oriented and relationship-oriented. And I know that I tend to be a more task-oriented person um, where checklists like feel so good (laughs) versus, you know, like conversations and lunches and chats by the water cooler feeling good. So I have to keep that in check because I will get too much into the mode of, um, checklists and busyness, busy work. And Mm -hmm. I, I won't pay attention to those bigger bearing fruit, you know, kinds of elements of, productivity? Like, am I leaning into big picture, strategic, uh, visionary stuff? And am I really deepening, you know, good relationships with personal and professional contacts? So I'm trying to stay away from the concept of busy being productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I think there's something to this idea that, um, being connected to your surroundings and the people around you contributes to your overall kind of like positive outlook, which would impact your productivity, right? Like if you're, if you're happy and content as an individual, that's going to make it easier for you to, to basically get the things done that are in your to-do list. Yeah. Obviously I'm not like a life coach, but when you think about this concept of productivity outside of just your work and just your career, as all those things are blending um, with us all staying home lately, you know, you have these buckets of, Oh, okay. Am I, am I productive in my mental and physical health? Am I productive in my, you know, spiritual and personal growth areas? Am I productive with, 
um, my family and friends. Um, do you know Ray, who Ray Dalio is? I do not. He's like a business author, researcher, coach. Uh, he wrote a book called Principled that's really good, famous, <laughs> recommended. Um, and he has this quote about productivity being the most important thing in your life. And as a productivity consultant, I read that and I was like, mm, check yourself, Ray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you do think about it as like the things that are important connected to your purpose, um, the things that impact your life, not just your job, then yeah, mm -hmm. I can get on board with that statement. So you have to balance all of those buckets personally and professionally. Absolutely. I, I think uh, one of the things that we kind of talked about briefly prior to this interview is deep work. And, you know, one of the things I said in, in an email to you is that it's hard to find focus when there's a lot going on and when there's a lot going on, not just in your office, but outside of it too. So we've been focusing on, we've been talking about that balance between like your personal life and your work life. And I'd like to get into more of the kind of work life a little bit um, and talk a little bit about deep work. Um, and maybe you could kind of explain what deep work is to our listeners. But, um, you know, I, I guess when I think of deep work and I think of our listeners and on time limit, they're mostly like managers, project managers, people in business. So that deep work could be, you know, working on a plan, working through an estimate or a budget or staffing plans, things that require attention, right? Um, do you have any tips or thoughts around deep work and like what is productive? Uh, what are best ways to approach it? Yeah. So deep work is a, a term that Cal Newport um, coined in case you can't tell, I read a lot of books, read his book. <laughs> uh, so it's about this concept of um, minimizing distractions. And that can be everything from like shutting down your, you know, social media or your notification pings um, to, you know, saying no to big opportunities and social events. Um, so he talks about really getting into the flow and for project managers, I think what they're really good at, especially in managing teams and other people is like these estimates of how long things really take. So you have to do that for yourself as well as other people. Um, I kind of ha know that in my work, there are things that take 10 minutes, okay, like writing a good email. There are things that take 45 minutes. I, know, I just, there are certain things where a half hour is just not enough time. So I have mm -hmm. to block at least 45 minutes on my calendar. And then there are things that are going to take two hours or, or maybe more. So I try and block my calendar in those kinds of chunks, depending on the task. And if something's going to take an hour and a half and you have a half hour left over, um, one of the things Cal Newport says is like, just stare out the window for that half hour, you know, and the rest of us are kind of like, Cal, are you crazy? Who has that kind of time? Like basically saying, like, give your brain some space. Like if, you, if you're done, like just chill. Yeah, because what that can do is allow you to stimulate like, more creativity. Like we can't really be creative unless we're kind of bored, you know, so it gives your brain that practice and that elasticity of being more creative and more strategic. 
Um, so if you have the opportunity to block your calendar in those types of chunks, you know, that's a great way to focus. Tell your, tell your team, like sign off of Slack or sign off of, you know, close your inbox and tell your team, Hey, I'm going to work on this thing. I'll be back in 45 minutes. I'll be back in two hours. Some of us have more control over that than others. I totally understand, but I think it's really outlining what is your work Like as a project manager, you have to know that there is work other than checking and responding to emails or setting up and attending meetings. So I think that's probably different depending on each team, each industry, each individual. Um, But I want everyone to know, right, your work is not answering emails and going to meetings. So if you think that's yeah. what it is, like you got to take some reflection time to Yeah, time to reevaluate. I totally agree. Um I, I, it's it's interesting because I do think the project manager role specifically and in, you could even make the case for even just a general kind of management role. It's really hard to work without distractions, right? If you're working for, you know, you're working on a set of projects with a set of different stakeholders, you're basically open to getting a call, email, text, whatever from them at any point in the day, whether you're working in-house or for an agency, no matter what, it's hard to not be distracted by things as a project manager. And what I found in my career as a PM was that when I really had to get things done, you know, when I really had to focus on getting a plan done or working through my like workload planning or resource planning, I would just shut everything off and I would probably leave my desk area. So if people did come to hunt me down, they couldn't find me (laughs) and I would hole up in like a conference room or like a phone booth area or even just a common area and put headphones on. That's like a sign that you're busy and you should not be distracted, you know, uh, interrupted. But it's hard, right? Because how much time do you have to give yourself to actually focus deeply on work? Like, I like this idea, like, you give yourself a certain amount of time. Let's say I give myself an hour, then I get the thing done in 30 minutes, then I have 30 minutes to think about that thing, or how I might do that thing differently. Is that kind of like the idea of the the brain space, like giving yourself that extra time? Yeah, so since we're all in probably our home office, quote unquote, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And there isn't a chance to like move to a phone booth or move to a conference room. You, I would recommend doing a thing that helps you mentally step into an intentional workspace. So that might mean like, um, you know, you stand up and stretch or you put like a ball cap on, or you light a candle in the room. Like you do something physical that's like, okay, I am working Mm -hmm. on this thing now. Something other than just closing boxes on your screen. Um, That, I mean, that could be as silly as like changing colors on the pen that you're using, but something that allows you to mentally step into that space. And then there's this thing called the Pomodoro technique where you just set a timer. Like, let's say for me, it's, it's, developing PowerPoint presentations. Okay. It always takes me longer than I think it's going to. So ugh, three hours, right? Like I don't want to do a PowerPoint presentation for three hours. So I set the timer for 25 minutes. And after 25 minute timer goes off, wherever I am, I stretch, I take a break, I get some water, I get a snack. And then I sit back down and set the timer for 25 minutes again, because 
25 minutes feels a lot less scary than three hours. And if I'm really burnt out after 25 minutes, then okay, I'll stop and I'll just intentionally, you know, go do something else instead. But usually you're on a roll and you're, you know, once you get into it, the getting into it is the scariest part, but once you're into it, it's nice. Um, But yeah, I think the other thing based on what you mentioned is if you're a project manager and you want to not only get your own stuff done, but help other people get stuff done on time, lead by example. And leading by example is like telling everyone on Slack or whatever your chat tool is, hey guys, I'm going to step away for 45 minutes. If anything's urgent, call me. Because that's the kind of work you want them to do, <laughs> right? Right. So even when it's hard, you know, it's like if, if one person starts that snowball effect, then yeah. um, it, you can kind of start to see a culture shift if, if you're good at that routine. It's funny, while you're talking about that 25-minute kind of rule, um, I've, I'm finding that I'm actually doing that myself, but in, an, in more of an unintentional way. So in my office, I have my record player. And I don't do this every day, but when I'm writing or I'm doing something where I need focus, um, I will put on a record and then I have to take a break every time I flip the record. Oh, so, that's so do you know good. what I mean? Like, yes. It's like, even if it's just a couple minutes, like my brain switches, I'm either flipping the record or picking out something new. Um, and it just helps me feel like, okay, I'm getting work done in short bursts. What I, Go ahead. I'm what, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say what I love about that is like how analog it is. Like it's such a throwback to, <laughs> yeah. you know, not everything has to be digital. Right. <laughs> That's great. Sorry. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, I, I think the problem with it for me is that no matter what I do, like no matter how much I try to focus, if I've shut down any possibility of a distraction, you know, like a lot of times I'll get up and away from my computer and take a notebook and, you know, or I'll like put headphones in, whatever I do, my brain always wanders off. Like it's when I'm working, it's when I'm meditating, working out, like no matter what I do, my my brain always wanders off. It happened last night. I was listening to a podcast and I had to rewind one section like four times because I just start thinking about something else. So that's all to say. Do you have any tips for staying focused? Um, so I would encourage you to reframe like your mind wandering as a bad thing, you know, because David Allen, who wrote Getting Things Done, which is like the productivity Bible, mm-hmm. he has this great quote that says, your mind is for having ideas, not holding them. And so it's like, what else, what else do you think your brain is good for besides like coming up with like, ooh, you know what we should do tomorrow? Or, ooh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing right now. Like you're, that's, that's not a bad thing in my mm-hmm. opinion. So how then can you embrace the fact that your mind is wandering and, you know, thinking of all of these things instead of trying to be like, no, shut up. (laughs) Stop thinking about that. (laughs) Um, I keep a journal or a notebook next to me when I'm meditating, right? All the time. So I can like kind of open one eye, write down the thought, and then it's released. You know, I don't have to worry about, am I going to remember that thing? Or why am I wondering about like my old dog from childhood right now? Like just write it down and then you can come back to it later. Mm -hmm. Um, in a less analog, more digital way, Siri also helps me with this. Like I'll just, if I'm on the treadmill or I'm doing something and I get really distracted, then I tell Siri to remind me to 
think about it or write it down or do something with it later. So like let your brain have the ideas and then document them and release them and then you can, you know, come back to it when it's appropriate. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I I wonder how much of it for me personally is procrastination. Okay. Uh, Tell me more. And not to make this all about me, but, um, you're a good, you're a good case study, Brett. (laughs) I I think (laughs) that's scary. Um, I I think, you know, when it comes to like, sometimes the work that you're doing is just hard, right? And sometimes it just feels like I don't want to do this right now. Or there's a challenge that you just, you need to think through and you don't have the energy to do it. You're just not motivated to do it. And sometimes, you kind of have to reconnect yourself to that thing in some way. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I, I'm wondering if sometimes it comes down to motivation um, or if there are ways to motivate yourself to be more productive. If I if I claimed right now, like, no, I never struggled with procrastination, your listeners would all be like, yeah, right, bye. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm super, um, very, very human. And I mean, I constantly struggling with procrastination because we never feel neutral about tasks. There are tasks we love to do and there are tasks that we hate to do. And there, we always emotionally feel some way about a task, right? But if you know, again, kind of that eat the frog, like that's gross, right? Like who wants to do that? Um, but if you know, that's the thing that you're more likely to procrastinate on, how can you break it down into uh, smaller tasks. So, um, people always have this thing on their to-do list. That's like the garage, right. Or like the basement. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. this big project that you want to reorganize it, or you want to paint it, or you're going to clean it out. You're going to organize your tools or whatever, but like the garage is not a task. It's not a verb. So you have to, and uh, project managers know this, right? Like your activities have to start with an action word. So um, instead of the garage, it might be sweep the floor, um, sort the tools, uh, throw away the paint cans. Um, So I think breaking down the big, ugly task into smaller bite-sized chunks and and reminding yourself you don't have to do them all at once, right, Um, can sometimes help with procrastination. I love that. That totally relates back to planning and project management. Of course. Right? Like one of the things that I always recommend when I'm teaching about planning is doing a work breakdown structure, yeah. you know, like taking one giant task and breaking it down into a bunch of subtasks. So it helps you to estimate and get things done in a way that is actually productive. So that makes a ton of sense to me. And as far as your question about motivation, right, this kind of goes back to that self-awareness thing because we are all motivated by different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so choose appropriately sized rewards for those tasks and subtasks, right? So uh, a reward might be like, I'm going to have a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> like I'm going to treat myself to this small piece of candy um, after I finish this PowerPoint slide or after I send these series of emails or whatever it might be. And then after you get something larger done, um, again, maybe because you're at home, you're like, oh, I'm going to take a bubble bath or I'm going to have a glass of wine or, you know, you just, so, so factoring in those rewards of like mm-hmm. what you're giving yourself, what you're craving. And that might be, 
um, food, drink, a walk, a social interaction, um, watching, you know, five minutes of puppy videos on YouTube, like whatever that thing is that makes you feel good, (laughs) give it to yourself in, in increments. Um, just make sure it's like appropriately sized. So you're not like, wow, I sent an email time for a new pair of shoes. (laughs) Too funny. I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, part of me, the motivation is flipping the record. Sometimes yeah. it's like going outside for a walk, having that thing in the back of your mind, I think helps you to, can, it can help you get through your day in a, in a lot of cases too. Um, I think the other thing that I wanted to touch on is stress, right? Because stress can impact your productivity. And I'm sure we've all been in places where we're just so stressed out, work piling up, things happening at home, just things happening in life in general, right? Um, And not being able to focus because you know that there are things that you could or should be paying attention to. I don't know if I'm kind of nailing this at all, but I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on stress and how it can kind of impact your ability to focus and productivity, really? Yeah. Well, there's like the good stress and the bad stress, right? So the Kelly McGonigal um, has some really good talks and uh, I think a couple audio books about like harnessing stress as a, as a motivator. Um this, you know, when you feel your heart race or, you know, you're getting a little stressed out, like you are pumping adrenaline into your system. So all that signals is that something matters to you and you're concerned about the results. So is there a way that you can reframe stress instead of trying to avoid it to be like, okay, this is my, you know, this is my adrenaline. This is the thing that's going to motivate me to get something done. But then of course there's that tipping point. And I think we've Mm -hmm. all experienced that during this, this global crisis, um, in different waves. So I think it's again, kind of going back to self-awareness, right? What are my triggers? And then communicating with your team on what you need. I I think there's this, I don't know, underlying, especially for project managers, right? Like we're not, we're not the ones who ask for help. We're the ones who give help. Or, um, you know, we're the ones who are always sort of like pushing and nudging and driving and organizing. Um, and sometimes you just need to give yourself the permission to say, hey, guys, I, I need a day off or I really need your help on this. Or, um, hey, Bob, when you don't respond to my emails or my Slack messages, it I notice that it triggers a lot of stress for me and I can't get things done. How might we work on that together? Um, Mm. So yeah, we talked about all of that good stuff about like listening to music, going for a walk, meditating, doing all of those, those good things, but also don't be afraid to lean on your team and, and ask for help. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think as PMs, we kind of tend to just hold that stress in um, because we don't want to be seen as weak. We want to be seen as a leader because in so many other places, we're either perceived as being weak or powerless. So hanging onto that power in some way feels important, but I, I don't think it is. I think, I think you're right. I think you, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be able to say, hey, like this thing is just not working. It's stressing me out. It's stressing the team out. We need to solve this together. Like the stress shouldn't be on the PM completely. Um, and I think when you share that stress or you maybe just call it responsibility or accountability, then it makes the work a little bit easier to get done. 
that is the goal. And, you know, if you can kind of like get out of that lizard brain mode right? where you're just kind of freaking out about everything, um, take, right. take a deep breath and, you know, organize like, oh, okay, this isn't just, I, I don't have to do all these urgent things. Today I'm just going to focus on what's important. And that might be, uh, again, kind of, you know, your mental health or your family going back to that concept of, of productivity is really about bearing fruit and, and right. making big, big impacts on, you know, the world and what's important for you. So yeah, hopefully that helps. Yeah. All right. So uh, this has been a great conversation, like such a relevant topic for everyone and uh, obviously very relevant to kind of the theme of our show being called time limit, and, <laughs> you know, inherent ideas around productivity, you know, there are a lot of times when a project manager will be stretched for time, you know, between things like meetings, follow-up, status reports, project plans, staffing plans. It can be tough to get that focus time. And we kind of talked about that earlier. But when you're limited on that time, what can you do to make that time as productive as possible? Um, or have you maybe kind of found ways to carve that time out? Like, I'm just trying to see if there are, if you have any tips for people who are always stretched for time to like harness that like 30 minutes that you have to be really productive. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like, like forced productivity. <laughs> we could have like a whole nother conversation about like how people equate time with money. Like we use these words like spending time and saving time and investing your time, but you can't really save time. Like you can't get it back. We all get mm -hmm. the same amount of time in a day. Um, with, so without getting too philosophical, let me, let me give a tactical bit of advice, which is to batch your tasks because you don't want to sort of like get into writing and answering emails and planning for your kid's summer camp. Like color coding, right, is kind of my nerdy way to think about it, but sort of, mm. you know, do all of your tasks that relate to one thing at a time. And then you won't have to do that brain switching, task switching, um, which is really when you have 30 minutes, you're like, ah, how many things can I get done? It's like, no, let's see if I can get three good things done on one specific topic. So, like bat that. batching so helps me. That's like batching is like being realistic about what you can do. Right? Sure, sure. Um, and not trying to like get in and out of multiple deep work yeah. times. Yeah, if you only have 10 or 20. Context switching is tough. Context switching, thank you. <laughs> that's, yeah. what it, that's what I was looking for. So you actually told me that World Productivity Day is on June 20th. Yes. And I laughed because that's a Saturday this year. <laughs> uh, what are you going to be doing to celebrate Productivity Day? World Whoa. Productivity Day. Oh my Day. gosh, that's such a good question. All right. In the, in the honor of being vulnerable and transparent, I have known that World Productivity Day was June 20th since like January. And it's been on my list of important and not urgent things where I'm like, ooh, I should do something. You know, like I should plan a celebration or I should like send gifts to all my clients or whatever. And it's the end of May and I haven't really figured out what that thing is going to be yet. So I just want everyone to know that productivity consultants do procrastinate. <laughs> We, um, yeah, we do the same thing that everybody else does. You mean you're humans too? Well, I think to celebrate, I'm going to do nothing. That I'm sounds just gonna awesome. Do nothing. 
because why should you? <laughs> that can be very productive and very impactful. And I hope you enjoy that time. And I would love for your listeners to like, yeah, shoot me a message uh, on like social media or something and like, let me know. I don't know. What should you do? What should we do? <laughs> Everyone can share their individual celebrations. And we're going to have your contact information, your site, the resources and books that you mentioned here on the Time Limit website. So if people want to get in touch, they absolutely will have a way Love through it. Team Gantt. Well, thank you so much for joining me for Time Limit today. I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. Yeah, it's been so fun. Thanks, Brett. All right, folks, that's all for our interview with Teresa Ward. I hope that the many tips Teresa provided will help you in your quest to be more productive or to help get things done. Check out our show notes for further information on how to get in touch with Teresa and for links to the resources mentioned in the show itself. Come back for the next episode where I'll have a discussion with an author of a new book all about change management. And in the meantime, if you could do me a favor, please give Time Limit a positive review and share it so we can keep the positive momentum going. Thanks a lot. Thank you.